0: Hello there, this is uh, an interview with uh, retired Senator Tom McGuinness, and we're calling it the Senate of Canada, an interview with Senator Tom McGuinness. My name is Roscoe Schofield, and I'm here with Dave,
1: Dave Josie,
0: Dave Josie, and of course we're here with our special guest today, Senator Tom McGuinness. Good day. Alrighty, so, we've got a few questions for the good Senator. So number one, really, how did you end up in the Senate? Well, uh, it was a surprise. I, um,
2: I um, back in, um, well, as you know, I, I, I had 15 years in the provincial government. And mm-hmm. I had, I think, seven different portfolios and deputy premier and so on. So you would think that would be the reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, in reality, uh, I retired back uh, around about 2005-2006 and got involved in the community and uh, became head of the chamber here. And we actually got the community involved with an acoustics plan. And as you know, we did the Main Street uh, through Sheet Harbor and all this type of thing. And and, um, and I mentioned that or reference it is because uh, back in, it would be about 2010, 2011, uh, it was mentioned to me that, you know, have you ever thought about the Senate? And I said, no, and I, I really haven't. I'm retired now and so on. So that's fine. Uh, on September the 5th, um, I uh, was in the dentist chair at Micmac Mall with my jaw frozen. And my wife called the manageress at uh, McMack Dental Clinic. I was in the chair with Gordy Rudolph, Dr. Gordy Rudolph. And uh, the manageress came in and said, your wife's on the phone detergent. I go to the manager's office, speak to Brenda. She says, the prime minister's office called. You've got to take the call. They're calling you right now. So this lady interviewed me for about 20 minutes about the Senate. She said, the Prime Minister will call you tomorrow. That was Stephen Hart. So I, uh, 2 o'clock the next day, uh, he called me. I'd never met him. And we talked for a half hour. We had a wonderful conversation about Atlantic Canada and so on. And at the end, he said, uh, Tom, he said, uh, you probably know why I'm calling. I'd like for you to uh, take a seat in the Senate. And so, the next morning, I was a senator. And I was sworn in, I think, two or three days later. And then you're in the Senate and wait for the races. So that's how it happened now. I was asked uh, prior to that to send my CV up to the, the Prime Minister's office, but I thought it was for a board appointment. I didn't think it would be anything like the Senate. Yeah. So, and I'm sure Peter McKay had something to do with that. I, I'm not naive. Uh, and so, um, so there, that's, that's how it happened. And, and I would say that uh, the Prime Minister mentioned to me when he was speaking to me that he'd like to have me out for dinner some night to have a chat about Atlantic Canada. Mm-hmm. So to his word, uh, he invited me out. And uh, and we, um, we spent three hours together, he and I, at uh, One Sussex Drive. And uh, he was an interesting person and uh, quite a smart fellow. I learned a lot from him.
0: No. I I imagine it would. Uh, you would have to be uh, very smart and uh, very uh, quick on your feet to become prime minister. So uh yeah, <laughs> he was. He satisfied. had his own ways,
2: uh, and I and not everyone appreciated it. But he he was a very matter of fact type of fellow.
1: I like some people, Tom. I I know the Senate exists, but I don't know the main purpose of the Senate. I've heard different news stories, so on and so forth. So what's the primary intent of the Senate? What is it, what, what's the Senate, the, the primary focus, their goal?
2: Well, in, in, in Canada we operate under the Westminster system, out of uh, the UK, where you, you have the monarch, which is the, the Governor General, and uh, then you have, of course, the upper chamber, which is the Senate, and the lower chamber. The upper chamber, the members are appointed, and the lower chamber, the uh, House of Commons are elected. And of course, you have the executive branch, which is, which is the cabinet ministers or the Executive Council out of the Commons. Uh, the Senate uh, really is comprised of uh, representation from various regions of the country, and you're there to represent that particular interest in Atlantic Canada to ensure that the national policies take into consideration uh, the challenges and the opportunities that we have here in Atlantic Canada. Uh, and um, and as well, the Senate. Every piece of legislation that is passed by the elected body, the Commons, is goes through three readings in the Senate. We um, it's introduced by a senator normally if it's a government bill, it's introduced by a government member in the Senate. Uh, it goes through second readings where there's an introduction and debate on all of the issues, and then it goes through the third reading where you can speak again, and then it goes on to be passed normally. And I would say this about the Senate versus the Commons. The Senate is less political. Mm -hmm. There's not political games being played. Uh, We uh, are noted for our committees. Uh, We have, the Senate is comprised of every profession that you can ask of, whether you're talking about experts in mental health, doctors, lawyers, engineers, business people, social workers, people that are um, representative of the minorities, all of that type of thing that you not necessarily get by the elected body. And the elected body, as I said, is, has tendency to be a little more one upmanship, a little more political, whereas the Senate, they're there to actually interrogate. And the witnesses that we bring before our committees, I can tell you, are second to none. If we are, I, I sat uh, on legal and constitutional affairs, we would. If we were doing a a law bill, uh, we would bring in the commission of the RCMP as a witness. we bring in the Canadian Association of Police. we bring in correctional heads. And we take our time in interrogating and going through the bill to see what they think about it. And quite often, there are amendments that come out of the Senate that people are not even aware of. We're there to protect, and incidentally, and a lot of people don't realize this, but the Senate has the veto power over legislation and so so the 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 makeup of the senate enables it to qualify as as is doing the very best job that could possibly be done in it's it's more than just dotting the i's and crossing the t's there's a lot of amendments that come out of there
0: oh, i'm sure you know uh, um, our elected members do a lot of work on but on the ground but at the end of the day you guys uh you're the uh, the, uh, the last guy at the end of the line that has to make sure that the bill is is up to snuff and that make sure that the bill adequately uh, takes into consideration all the factors and not just the ones in front of them. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and you know, senators make up uh, all different walks of life, as you're talking about, uh, as you talked about. Um, as a whole. Uh, what can you tell me about the more about the makeup the, of the Senate? You know, what's the different senators like? You know, uh, you know their backgrounds, their um, and, you know the diversity of places they're from, you know, etc.
2: Yeah. Well, each each province has um, a designated number of senators. It's a bit askew now because when it was put in place in eighteen sixty seven. Um, you know we were we they knew that our population here in, in, in New Brunswick Nova Scotia and PEi would not match that of Ontario and Quebec and so they tried to equalize it by giving us 10 so we had 10 senators but today uh, with all of the provinces out west uh, from Manitoba Saskatchewan Alberta BC uh, they have six we have 10 but look at the population in Alberta versus Nova Scotia so there's a, it's a bit askew now. Newfoundland has, has six. Uh, you know, um, uh, Ontario and Quebec have around about 25, 26 each. Uh, but, but so the importance of the appointment process that is not necessarily reflected in the elected body is that the indigenous population, for example, are represented now in the Senate. Uh, minority groups, the blacks, uh, individuals, uh, um, all different walks of life. People that have vested interest in heads of organizations, mm-hmm. they find themselves in the Senate. So the Senate is, um, it, it's not complex, but it—it it, it, there's very little issues that you wouldn't have a group of people that would have um, some considerable expertise, uh, no matter what is put before them. And the other th- thing, quite apart from legislation, I referenced earlier about the committees. I mean, we, um, there, there's a great deal of policy that's implemented by, or, or formulated by the Senate. For example, one issue that was hot when, we, uh, when I became a Senator was aquaculture. So uh, I asked to be on fisheries committee so that I could initiate a study into aquaculture. Um, and you know is it the proper way to go in terms of the traditional fishery what's the problem if they're coming into inlets and all this type of thing with big fish farms and all that well now as a result of that study uh, we have there's going to be a national um, act there's no act now because the domain normally falls within the provinces because these pins are attached to the the nets are attached to the bottom of inland waters Mm -hmm. Uh, so now, they're, they're, for the first time, there will be a national um, aquaculture act in the country. And, you know, you, you can't, you're unable to have one policy in British Columbia and another policy in Atlantic Canada. And so uh, the prime minister announced here back about a year or so ago that uh, they would have to, in British Columbia, have to rid themselves of the the aquaculture uh, agriculture and the water they'd have to be land based by 2025 or at least a plan in place mm-hmm. by 2025. Right. Well, that should be the case here. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and so, so you know, but that's the type of um, of thing that the Senate can do. They've mm-hmm. they've done major studies on mental illness. They've done social policy. They they they've done studies on poverty, and in the Senate, is renowned for taking the time to do all the research, do the proper interviews mm-hmm. on the public record, and to formulate policies and pass them on to the government. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that the government have to accept them,
0: but if they're good policy,
2: they normally do.
0: Yeah. I mean, just as, a, just as a, you know, I believe it was Sir John A. Donald himself who said that the Senate was to be a sober second thought,
2: Exactly, and and that, and that is exactly what it is. I mean, uh, there's not the rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, if Tom McGinnis wants to, as a senator, want to have an inquiry into a particular area, I can do it. If I want to stand up and go to a committee, because there's something like 15 to 20 Senate, or Senate committees, uh, there's, you, can, you, can impr- you can leave the committees, normally on two or three committees, and leave your committee and be, be a visitor on another committee. Every committee is open uh, mm-hmm. and uh, so you can leave one committee, go to another committee if you have an interest and to, and you wanted to push a point of view from Atlantic Canada, you're able to do it. It's very democratic, very professional, professional staff, professional clerks and so it's uh, at the end of the day, after all of the debate and the back and forth, it's rare that there's there's major policy blunders very rare, that you would see any of that.
1: I think the process has changed, since you're uh, becoming a senator. Uh, i seen something here, a couple years ago, where they were looking for applicants for... uh, When you became, or what does it look like today to become a senator? What is the process to... You explained how your process... Is today a, a... an application procedure, or is it a? That's exactly what it is. It's
2: a, a, a now, here in Nova Scotia, I have absolutely no idea how I'm, I've been out of the Senate now since uh, April the ninth. I'll assure you that there's hundreds of applications from Nova Scotians looking to become a senator, um, and thousands across the country. They've opened it up to an application process and uh, the Prime Minister and a team of people, uh, I'm sure, uh, are reviewing all applications and will appoint um, um, senators um, a- as they see fit. I mean, when I was appointed, and, and this was the case, and I'm not saying necessarily it's changed a lot much in the sense mm-hmm. that everyone has a fair shot at it. But, you know, um, I was appointed as a Conservative senator. When I went in there, there was uh, the liberal uh, senators, and there was uh, the uh, the odd independent, maybe one, two, or three independents that determined that that's what they wanted to be. But today, uh, they're appointed, and uh, and they are seen to be independent. Uh, however, you know, uh, they they trump up the government line uh, when right. bills are approved uh, from the government. Um, you know, and uh, when you're in opposition, the role, of Her Majesty's loyal opposition, mm-hmm. is to be you critique a bill, uh, not necessarily over, uh, overly critical, but <coughs> constructive. And so, you know, so, but but the process now has changed and is at least in the public eye has been seen to be independent. That these individuals are independent of political thought,
1: mm-hmm. uh, but. I I challenge that but that's another program. But with with that being said, you you don't just put in an application and walk into the Senate. There's no. A, there's a checks and balance and screening. The same as you were screened, you were interviewed by the Prime Minister of Canada. Basically that first phone call was an interview, wasn't it?
2: Yes it was and it and also you know you're screened with the RCMP all these checks before those calls are made. But but and I'm sure. Look, and I want. I don't want to demean anyone that's been appointed uh, since the the system has somewhat changed. The Senate appointments have been impeccable. Mm-hmm. They're wonderful, yes. and they are bringing a great number of professionals into the Senate. Uh, there, mind you, there are always quality people there, but certainly there is now, and. I've become friends with many of these independent senators, so-called, and uh, yes. and and I call them friends. Uh, just up the shore here in Muscovy Harbor now, he's just built a new home. Colin Deacon, senator, um, mm-hmm. guy about 55, 57 years old, a great businessman, very successful, going to be a wonderful senator. All of them, Mary Cole, a whole host of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's, um, you know, so, you know. They're trying to change it. That there's it's it's um, null and void, so far as politics is concerned. Mm -hmm. And 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 I'm not sure that's the best way, Uh, because you cannot do away, or should not, or ought not do away with the opposition. Um, You know, the opposition has always been constructive, and uh, and when I went in, we were on the government side. The opposition were the liberals, and they questioned extensively. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And that's the system that we've grown up with. And um, and I think it's a good system, and it hasn't failed us to this point.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, what does a relatively normal day as a senator look for you? I mean, relatively normal is a it's a loose term here, uh, but you know, on a given day, what in Ottawa, what would your day look like? Well,
2: uh, I was always at the office early, and you, because um, committees, uh, and you, you, I said earlier, you're on two or three committees. And you just don't walk into a committee meeting and say that you're, well, I'm here. You better be prepared. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of research. You have staff that help you with that. So I'm normally in the office at 7.30. The be- committee meetings start at 8.00. They run through until about 10.30. Then you normally have meetings back in your office. Uh, um, uh, there are, um, we have a, each group has a caucus meeting that takes place Tuesday, for example, at 11.30. That runs through until two o'clock every day. The Senate is in, when the Senate is setting is in at two o'clock. It sets normally between six and seven and then you go to committees. Committee committees start at 7.15, 7.30. And you are there to 9.30, 9.15, something like that. And then you're back to your office and home. And then you're back in the same drill the next day. Um, and so uh, you you have to work the weekends and and certainly Monday, which is seen as a travel day, in order to research the topics that are before you you're expected in a committee you just don't go in and sit there you're expected to interrogate and question the witnesses and and you you know when you, you if you're dealing with a piece of legislation you have to understand this legislation why the legislation came about who's where's the effects of it who's against it uh, did they contact your office normally they do and meet with you to say, look, you can't do this, this is the reason, you know, all this type of thing. So uh, so you have to, at the end of the day, present the case. Uh, and uh, as I say, it's always done in a professional manner. Uh, one of the committees that I was asked to chair by the prime minister when I went up was modernization of the Senate. And so we, um, we brought a boat a number of major changes uh, in how the Senate operates. We had a wonderful all-party committee uh, that uh, we, we and of course, as you know, there were controversies with certain senators that took place just about that mm-hmm. time. And a lot of that now has been put to bed that that will not happen again, or should not happen mm-hmm. again after all the precautions that we put in place. So that was a wonderful experience of, of actually getting changes to streamline and expedite the way the Senate operates.
1: Does the Senate today uh, look similar to what it did when it was created back or formed back? What year was it formed? 1867. 1867, 1867 67. The Constitution Act. Is it yeah. just as important today as it was? It is,
2: and it, it operates, you know, fundamentally it's still with the Westminster system, which I mentioned earlier, um, and, and um, it, it, You know, the, the Speaker of the Senate um, kind of keeps control and, and he or she is appointed uh, by the Prime Minister. We, we think in our modernization committee, we thought that the Senate itself should select its own speaker by election secret ballot. Mm-hmm. And we still believe that. But, but in any event, um, the Senate um, essentially operates the same way. Uh, there, there's a move afoot, and this is uh, primarily with the new changes with the appointment process, to eliminate uh, this government and opposition. Uh, they, they uh, you know, I, I just don't know how it would work uh, without that, but, you know, for example, in the Senate each day, the first 30 minutes is question period. Um, so you can question the government. And, and the government representative in the Senate. Um, how they've changed that is that they now the prime minister selects an individual uh, to be the government representative in the Senate, and he has a deputy leader, and he has a whip. And the whip is there to garner the support of all those independents. Okay. okay. and. Yeah. Uh, and, and the deputy is there to get the legislation from the government and to see that it gets through the Senate. That becomes more of a challenge when you have um, 60 or 65 independent thinking individuals out there that not necessarily agree with the government. And that's the way it's supposed to work. So it's it's a real challenge for them uh, to to handle it that way as opposed to there being a liberal party and a liberal representative in the Senate who yes. are deemed to be uh, doing exactly what the government wants, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so
1: That's anyway, you're doing
0: it, yeah. And um, so, there's. I imagine that there's an awful lot that the public doesn't really know or clue into about what goes on in the Senate and the processes. So, um, at the end of the day, what do you wish the public would know more of? when it comes to the Senate? What do, you th- what do you wish they took more out of when it comes to the Senate?
2: Well, one of our first recommendations on the modernization was that it be televised. Mm-hmm. And that's been a good thing because people can now tune in to see what the Senate's about. Um, I, I wish, uh, the and I think a lot of people do, but but I wish more attention was paid. It's not the theatrics that the Commons is. Everyone mm-hmm. tunes in for question periods. You know, they they like the cut and thrust that, of that. That's the news headline stuff. That's the news, yeah. headline, that, that's stuff. The news yeah. headline stuff. Whereas here, you've got a group of individuals that are methodically going through legislation and debating and discussing, more in the interest of making sure that, for example, a bill dealing with laws, that the law at the end of the day is not challenged in courts, wasting the money of. Um, you know, hiring lawyers, getting all the way to the Supreme Court, challenging legislation. Mm-hmm. So we're there, as you alluded to earlier, sober second thought to ensure that the bill is a good bill, that it's not going to be challenged, and and that can be the case whether you're talking about a bill that's dealing or policy dealing with poverty, mental illness, health, social issues, any any piece of legislation. And so the Senate. Um, uh, as I say, does does a marvelous job at all of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely sounds like they like they really are carrying on the legacy of
1: Silver Second Thought. Yeah. yeah. Has your time in the Senate, Tom, changed your perception of Canada as a country and as a people? Um. Uh,
2: yeah. Look, uh, it's it, no one has a, a monopoly on all knowledge, and so I. Um, it was eye-opening to me, to probably just take a you know. Dealing with the indigenous First Nations people, you know, I mean, I didn't know, and you know, I probably knew, but didn't wasn't aware in any detail, of the import of. Uh, the challenges that the First Nations people have. We don't have the heavy population with First Nations here in Atlantic Canada mm-hmm. that they do in the Western Provinces and in Central Canada. And so to be able to sit with the Chiefs and hear and talk about their challenges and uh, you know whether it be health related, whether it be housing or whatever, uh, that gave a better knowledge. And not just with First Nations, with uh, the people of color uh, and others, is the minority groups, like for you know, the rehabilitation of prisoners in in, in uh, correctional centers and that type of thing, and how best we could deal with that. Those are things that I would not have had the opportunity to participate in a debate, a meaningful debate, not only with senators, but some expert witnesses and people that know the issues. And so, uh, and, and I think uh, you know, we're very lucky here in Canada, and I think we all know that, but you, you you gain a better appreciation, at least I did, uh, of uh, becoming abreast of this, and and uh, and hopefully I've been able to convey that message to uh, people back here in Nova Scotia.
0: Yeah, well, we've definitely conveyed a lot of that here today. Um, so, uh, what would you say to someone that was wanting to enter public service in any? Format say just as a, an aide to somebody working in the Senate or uh, or as a senator yourself uh, or perhaps uh, uh, a new governor general. Not that Julie Payette, Payette is not <laughs> qualified, but uh, <laughs> um, just generally, if anyone wanting to enter public service as a whole, what advice would you give them? Well, I'd say go for it. I, I think
2: that we, we you know, the government, the candidate, we try to keep it as small as possible but it's a big employer mm-hmm. and, and and that can't be helped. Um, and it's the same on the provincial municipal level. It should never be an embarrassment to say that you work in the public service. Um, I mean, uh, I must say, I mentioned earlier that I, had the, I was fortunate to have the opportunity to have seven different portfolios here in Nova Scotia. And I can honestly say that the professionalism that I saw in the public service was second to none. Any piece of information that I asked for, I was, I was always comforted knowing that that was the best information that was available. And it's mm-hmm. it's an honorable career. It's an honorable career to work in a political office uh, where research and uh, all speech writing and all that type of thing is there. It's it's a wonderful uh, opportunity. Uh, and. Uh, and I I would encourage any young individuals uh, that, that are thinking about a profession to think that way and don't don't shy away from it. I mean, um, Ottawa is a sound seems like a distance away. It's not, uh, and uh, and we uh, there's a lot of Nova Scotians that are working there. I wish there were more from the eastern shore uh, that would be working there. And there's there's always an open opportunity and. Uh, and it's a great experience. And I've had the opportunity, since I was in the Senate, to employ a number of people, some of them from Nova Scotia, and, uh, and they've all enjoyed it, and um, as
1: I did. All became friends.
0: Wonderful. So is there anything any, that you would like to add, Dave?
1: Was there that one project when you retired from the Senate that you wish you could have, or do you have a good opportunity to wrap things up upon your, your retirement from the Senate?
2: Well, I was summarily told to stay home because of COVID nineteen. Oh, there you <laughs> so you so, so it was a pretty and I hadn't been allowed and I didn't want to necessarily go back because they basically have shut the hill down. Uh, so uh, I would have liked uh, to have stood in the Senate and and gave uh, my final farewell with some suggestions. Um, you know, because I I personally believe that. Uh, you know, uh, uh, we, there's some changes in the Senate that ought to be uh, borne out and I think I'm not so sure that we need 105 Senators um, mm. I, I think that number could be less uh, I'm not so sure we should be appointing uh, younger individuals because when you're appointed okay. to the Senate, uh, if, you're the, if you're 50 it's years so of age you've got 25 years uh of, of being in the senate um you know and and you're there and uh, once you're in uh, you don't have to leave uh, exactly. unless it's on bad behavior or something yeah. yeah and you know, so so you know i mean absolutely. i i just think more thought should be given to um, you know to you know and, and i don't like the word term but that unfortunately is the word that maybe we should be looking at terms of 12 to 15 years right? It, it, mm-hmm. it, and then that that opens it up uh, you know and it brings in fresh minds and all this type of thing and that was one of the recommendations that and and that's one of the things i would have said in my my closing remarks to say, to reiterate again mm-hmm. that senate reform is it, it's all it's always got to be current and and that i i think appointing someone there's some people in the senate there that, that are 40 you know, so they're there mm-hmm. for another 35 years. Exactly. And so, you know, you got to okay. have fresh minds on this stuff. And oh, so sure. uh, I, w- I wouldn't say a term of six or eight years, you need time mm-hmm. to get in there and get going. Yeah, but uh, but certainly 12 to, to 14 years, that to me would be a major improvement. be time. ideal,
0: because that would mean you could get younger people into the Senate, but then not, th- not have them be for there for 50 years you know because the mandatory uh, retirement uh, age is of course 75 yeah Yeah. so you know that I would consider that personally to be a the best of both worlds kind of situation but it's hard to get to that Senate when you have the people
2: there yeah that's (laughs) the thing (laughs) it's a it's a it's a challenge and they I you know they 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 look at it in a different way but but uh, but I didn't and I and I, uh, I argued this case anyway it, it, it Senate, it it's been a great experience and uh, something I didn't expect, uh, but there it is,
1: you know. There it is.
0: All right, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us, Tom. My pleasure. I appreciate Tom, the, yeah. I'd like to
1: extend uh, a sincere thank you for representing this province earlier in your career and just as recently as your service in the Senate. It's, uh, it's all public, all public service you spent your entire career. Serving the, the population of not only Nova Scotia, but Canada overall. I'd, I'd like to extend a sincere thank you
2: for that. Well, thank you. It's, uh, I it, agree. It, it, it's hard to plan it, so it wasn't
0: planned. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> if
1: it were, you wouldn't have done it. No,
0: probably well, I, not. I like to think of it as cumulative. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you <know>? it was. <laughs> for yeah. sure.
2: Anyway, the first retirement didn't take. <laughs> <laughs> well, I right. don't.
1: No, that's right. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. Thank you, uh, so, you so, so much. much. much.